Hey there, this is Mitchell Maldonado. I'm a musician, record producer, graphic designer. Right now I work as the media director at Vineyard Boise in Boise, Idaho. In this world where everything has moved almost exclusively online and into a digital realm, I just wanted to have a conversation with other creatives and find out what life looks like for them. It started with a conversation with Ryan Imano. He's a video producer and communications director at the Vineyard in Overland Park, Kansas. And we realized there's a lot more people out there who are navigating through this too. So we just started reaching out to more people. On this episode, we talked to Job Ng, the worship coordinator at Vineyard of Harvest Church in Walnut, California, a multicultural church with a primarily Asian American population. Vineyard of Harvest also has a Chinese service which serves first-generation immigrants from China, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and more. On this episode, we talk about what it's like to lead a multicultural church and meet the unique needs of their community. A note about this episode. This was recorded in the beginning of May, and you'll hear us talk about some timelines and plans for states reopening, which is a constantly shifting landscape. So by the time you listen, some of this information might be out of date. Man, what's up, guys? We've got um, a good friend of mine, Job Ang, here with us from Harvest of the Vineyard out in Walnut, California. Did I get that right? It's the other way around. <laughs> har- har- vineyard of the Harvest. <laughs> <laughs> common mistake. In California, Walnut. No kidding. <laughs> in Los Angeles of Anaheim of San Diego. Yeah. In- yeah so, you know, Joe, when we were when Mitchell and I were talking about different people like to talk to, just wanting to process with you immediately came to my mind because you're, you're a worship director, a worshiper at heart. And in this pandemic, you kind of had to like, not, I wouldn't say like switch roles, but like take on a lot more. And I'm sure a lot of people have the same story. And so, um, man, I just would love to hear, the, the story about how everything kind of came about and how you're doing now. And I've got a few more questions, but, but tell us a little about yourself and your guys' community and, and the beginning of the COVID days. The COVID days. Well, yeah. I mean, thanks for having me on. I uh, appreciate it a lot. Um, my name is Job Ang, as you said. Um, I'm the worship coordinator at Vineyard of Harvest in Southern California and yeah, my, my role before the age of coronavirus was the um, worship coordinator. So I kind of oversaw, it was like, I was basically the worship pastor without the, the name pastor attached to it because I haven't finished seminary yet. <laughs> but uh, during that time, you know, we would have our, we would play our sets, we would practice, we would, and then I would pastor and just kind of uh, love on our community in a way. Um, and we had a tech team that kind of just did their thing, but, um, yeah, let me, let me say a little more. So we're, uh, we're in predominantly, well, okay. So our church is half Asian American. So one congregation is Asian American with a multi-ethnic emphasis, and we're trying to move towards that direction. And the other half is, um, actually Asian immigrants. So like first generation, um, Chinese mostly, um, straight from mainland. And then there's others from Taiwan and Hong Kong and 
Malaysia and all sorts of other places, which <laughs> as needless to say, lends to a very interesting dynamic. Um, it's generational, it's cultural, it's uh, mm -hmm. technological, it's basically any divide you could think of it. It's, it's, it's kind of split down the middle, but what we're doing is trying to lean into the beauty and the struggle of that dynamic. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's what's been happening. And as I explain how we pivoted after coronavirus hit, you'll kind of see the two, uh, expressions kind of show themselves. So, yeah, I mean, when, when, when COVID-19 hit, we actually were on the verge of holding a giant, well, giant for our church conference on March 15th, which was that weekend. And Steve Nicholson was actually going to come by and do, do a one day conference with us. And we were going to have him come to our staff meeting a couple of days later and really just impart a lot of his wisdom and his Steve, Steve isms on us, you know, and, so the Wednesday night before that, I had sent out all of the worship sets and practice times, call times, assigned who was going to do which uh, session, you know, and mm -hmm. was like, all right, guys, here's the sets. We're going to practice. We're going to have a great weekend. And another funny story is I felt like this passion bubbling inside of me. So I actually wrote this like... <laughs> This is like three paragraph diatribe going like, this is going to be so amazing. God's on the move and all this stuff. And I sent it and was like, oh, I feel the Lord on this. It's going to be great. You know, <laughs> the next morning, <laughs> the Thursday morning after was when I think basically they had declared it was an emergency, a national, a global pandemic. It was an emergency. Mm -hmm. um, so I walk into work at nine in the morning and our staff is already on the phone and it turns out like, yes, Steve's not coming. Uh, we're not doing this conference <laughs> after all. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, wow, uh, that was, how's that for some emotional whiplash? Um, and so throughout that whole day, we kind of just processed what we were going to do. Were we going to pivot straight to online? Were we going to do one more service with social distancing, what were we going to do? And, um, mm -hmm. we kind of landed on a hybrid situation where we had our worship team and well, it wasn't even the worship team. I told everyone to stay home. Mm -hmm. Um, it was just me doing worship with a couple others and then the staff, and then they did a sermon on the live stream in our church. And actually that was it. That was the last time for the English congregation, which I am a part of. So that was crazy. And, um, so, so since then, uh, we've the English congregation, which is the Asian American slash multi-ethnic one I mentioned at the beginning, um, now has been doing pre-records. So we've been recording from our homes, putting it all together, that model and the, the Chinese congregation, the first generation one, the immigrant congregation has still been kind of doing, uh, the worship team goes to church and plays a set live on the stream. And then obviously with social distancing, proper, um, protocols in place because they felt like the church as a symbol, like was so important for their expression of the kingdom to just let the folks know, Hey, we're still here. You know, 
church is still happening and we're, we're here, you know, and we're, we're making this happen. Whereas for us on the English side of things, we're a little, we tend to be a little more pragmatic about this sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. that's why we move towards pre-records and our pastor, Dennis Liu, um, is all for it and is loving it, you know, because we've been able to really kind of work on the quality of our services because we can edit, <laughs> but that takes time, a lot more time. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. That's a, that's a bit, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. And you're, you're the one editing all of it, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yep. So now I'm a video producer. Yeah, man. That Yeah. Learn, learning things on the, on the fly. It's, it's kind yeah. of what we're having to do now. It's crazy. Um, dude, so yeah. give me a little bit more background about your, like your church. Like how big is it? Do you guys do one service? Uh, what is like, I'm curious, especially with like the Asian American service, is it like just primarily, you know, Filipino, like Chinese, like what, what kind of congregation do you have and how do you kind of lean into the, uh, the cultural aspect of it rather than just like, like we, at our church, we have like a Swahili congregation and a Korean congregation. Um, but they're kind of their own little churches, little mini churches within our church. And we, we do a lot of things together too. Um, but I'm curious how you, how you guys kind of approach this kind of multicultural thing, especially being in the, the melting pot that you are. How much time do you have? (laughs) Just kidding. Um, man, In the last, I want to say five years, our church has gone through quite a transformation um, because bef- I want to say about five to six to seven years ago, it was a primarily Chinese church. It was run by the Chinese congregation. It mm. was kind of just very culturally Chinese. But in in the span of these past five years, half decade or so, Um, We've really made a move and that's been led by our senior pastor, Kenneth Kwan um, and, and Dennis, the other senior pastor, there's like a co-lead pastor system. They really felt the Lord on um, like pushing us towards becoming multi-ethnic because, and and the rallying cry was uh, every tribe and tongue, right? Like that's, that's Mm. the beauty of Mm -hmm. life and how God designed everyone. And so we've tried to move towards a a thing where um, the Chinese congregation is still strong and still growing while the English slash Asian American congregation also is growing. And um, one Mm. of the analogies I like to make is um, it's like, imagine if McDonald's bought out Panda Express. This is a horrible analogy already. I'm sorry. But imagine if McDonald's, if McDonald's <laughs> bought out Pan Express, you're not going to start putting orange chicken on the menu at McDonald's or, or, you know, fries. Yes, please. You know, it's like there's, there's what makes them both incredible <laughs> is, is the beauty yeah. of it. And we want to preserve that while still being one church. And that's mm. kind of led itself to a lot of interesting conversations, cultural discussions, like, one one culture would like to have all sorts of different ways of connecting and one culture would like an efficient single way to kind of get good mm-hmm. information out to the congregation so that's that's just the interesting thing about what we're going through and that difference has manifested itself in how we're doing it in in this covid-19 situation as well 
is like one side is like we want to be ultra safe. We want to follow like every possible way to stay safe. So we're going to record from home and we're not even going to get close to church. And it's because, you know, it's out of practicality. It actually makes a lot of sense. Um, and the mm-hmm. other congregation would like to still make it work, try to like love their congregation in a way that that they would feel loved and appreciated and supported. So, so yeah, we're, we're kind of like in the middle of a cultural, like, I don't, it sounds a little pretentious to say experiment, but, um, but it, it kind of is, you know? Yeah. That's cool. You're like having to navigate like, especially up here in Boise where we don't have a lot of diversity, like you're having to navigate cultural things as well as just the technical aspect of how to bring your church, you know, how to bring a service to your church, but how, like what I, I like how you guys are doing it, like the two different ways. And, and it totally makes sense with, um, how you're talking about the different congregations. And, and that makes complete sense to me. It's super interesting because we, that's something we didn't even have to deal with here. Um, we, we've had a few questions about some of our other, our other smaller congregations like our Korean and it's actually, they actually call it like the vineyard Asian Christian fellowship because they have more than just Korean population there. Um, but that's something we're starting to navigate when we we're, we're starting the reopening process here up in Idaho. And so we're, we're kind of looking at like, well, if it's only up to 50 people, maybe the Korean people can meet and maybe our Swahili congregation can meet. Um, but we can't like, and so it's, it's, it's super interesting. It's, it's something I honestly didn't even think about when, when all this hit is like even just the difference of how people receive information or anything like yeah. that and how it would be received culturally. It's, it's, it's a lot, man. It's, it's, it's been something that I've been really processing because I actually am Asian American in that I was born and raised mm-hmm. in California. I've never moved out of California. Um, so I'm about as culturally American as an Asian person could get, I feel. And so being in a church that for 25 years was primarily an immigrant church has been a really interesting experience. Um, I came on staff 2016, four years ago. Four years ago, yeah. I I just play guitar. I don't do math or anything, you know, so... (laughs) I can only count to four. That's, that's all I'm required to. That's right. That's right. Four pedals, you know, six sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. Yeah. I came on staff four years ago. And so it's been this journey for me, like understanding who I am as an Asian American, but also like how to engage, like basically my parents, you know, and in a way that involves ministry and church. And so that's, that's totally its own thing besides like just, your parents, you know, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And where, where does your family come from? Oh yeah. So, um, uh, my parents are, are, are Chinese, but they were born and raised in the Philippines. So yeah, bro. yeah. So that's where, <laughs> that's the only reason Ryan and I are friends, you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's all right. I got, I got a little more connection now that we spent so much time in the Philippines over the last <laughs> yeah. couple of years. I'm yeah. like, he, he's been to the Philippines more than I have. Oh, really? Oh, right on. I, I've only been there once 
Yeah, it's it's cool, man. I I love it out there. We got to the first time we got to go, we just went to Manila, and uh, then this last trip we went to um, Cebu and and uh, Davao, and dude, they're be- it's beautiful out there, man. We love it. I've only been once. I w- I was two years old when I yeah. went, so I don't remember any. Of it. <laughs> it's, it's probably probably a little different it's now cool. too. So now I I got the as the like I'm sure. As the not uh, Asian American here, I got a little more tied to the Asian American culture. <laughs> That's funny. You do. You do. Well, I, hey, a question for you, Job, is there's been a lot of discrimination to people that look like us for this virus. Mm. Um, I was curious, like, was there a lot of that kind of pushback in your guys' community, especially with California just being so big? Right, right. Well, on a personal level, I haven't encountered it, um, mostly because I haven't left the house, <laughs> but um, it's there. Um, my mm. my brother-in-law um, saw it happen to someone else at the gas station. It was just like, hey, are you safe? You know, like, because that person was Asian. He's like, are you okay to be out here? You know, like pretty like pointed question and not cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dennis, our lead pastor was out with the kids the other day and, um, someone from across the street was saying some hurtful things as well. So I've, I've heard several instances of it growing in our area, which is really interesting because we actually, Walnut is based in, it's mostly an Asian community. There's a lot of Chinese folks in Walnut in the Roland Heights and, Hacienda Heights area. Shout out to all those places. If anyone's from there, um, I want to say about 60 to 70% Asian. Um, but Mm. then like, so it's very interesting that like, it's, it's only kind of now that the discrimination has been coming out. Um, before that it was never, uh, it, it was never a widespread thing. It was there, but it wasn't quite there. So it, it has been yeah. growing. It's, That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, man. Like, especially when, when everyone's panicking and like has, have no answers, it's just people just want to blame somebody for something. Right. So, but man, I'm sorry that that's been happening, especially to people close to you. It's not fair. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing that like, to me just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And I don't know. I think it is, it seems like a fair response. Like somebody doesn't have answers. And so we all know like there was a huge breakout in China and all this stuff and whatever, but this, this thing's happening all over, all over the place. Like all the stuff that happened to me, it's super interesting because I feel like Italy had almost just as bad of a situation, but nobody's looking at Italians and blaming them or calling them out or anything like that. It's, it, it seems to be just finding somebody to blame and say what you will about our current administration in relation with China. But like, I, I don't know. It's just such an interesting thing to see that the, the blame is seems to be shifting towards that versus like Italy or yeah. any kind of European thing that thing, things have been just as bad. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a perception thing, right? It's a perception battle. It's, I mean, mm-hmm. Um, and to be fair, like the, the administration in China has been awful. Like, I'm just going to say that straight up, you know, they're 
hum- humanitarian like crises you know <laughs> we it was i'm old enough to remember when there were protests in hong kong you know like and sure. that was because the chinese government was trying to overreach and so to be fair there is a lot of there's a lot in there you know it's 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 a pretty nuanced uh, conversation um mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's never it's never okay to typecast i mean it i'm not from china you know sure i'm from the philippines you know or my <laughs> my parents are and yeah. but then you know because of how i look and by blood i am chinese and so sometimes that that association happens and because of that it's it makes it hard for yeah. the rest of us to just kind of like it's a perception battle and i can't mm-hmm. I can act more American if that makes sense in that, like I kind of walk with the swagger or something or I don't know, but I still look a certain way. So it's really interesting. Totally. To me, it's interesting. Like even talking about like just the cultural way of, of how you're more American than Chinese and especially with your family growing up in the, the Philippines and everything. And I was just listening to a podcast yesterday um, with Cal Penn And, um, he was saying like how he, when he would take roles, like back in the day, leaning into like his like Indian stereotype and everything, Indian people would be like, why are you doing something like that? Like, why can't you just be like Joe Smith or whatever? And then he'd take another role where his name was like Caleb, whatever. And they're like, well, why do you have to be Caleb? Why can't you be like Sadiq or something? Like, he's like, I can't win. Like I either I'm too Indian or I'm not Indian enough. And I feel like, Mm. yeah, I feel like in your situation, it feels similar where like for you, especially, you know, I don't want to speak for you, but like you, you know, you're born and raised in California. Like I get that. Like my family's from California. So you're just like California kid, Yeah. but you look Chinese. And so you might encounter, you know, any kind of discrimination that like my wife wouldn't, you know, who was in, you know, born and raised in the same neck of the woods and everything. So it's, it's such a weird thing to me. I, I've, I've like waffled back and forth and I mean, pull me back if I'm going way off track, but I, I've personally waffled back and forth between like, you know, uh, I got to just do my, do my job. Well, like don't make a, don't make a fuss, you know, don't point out like, you know, if someone just makes fun of something about my culture, just go like, <laughs> whatever, you know, mm-hmm. that's funny. Or I've waffled between that and now kind of awakening to the reality like oh my gosh like i actually should probably stand up for myself or at Mm. or or at least just say hey man that wasn't cool you know and um it's been a journey (laughs) like i said i mean as someone i i grew up in orange county which is not very asian i mean there's pockets of it but it's not very asian and i didn't have a whole lot of asian friends so i didn't really kind of feel like I was different because no one treated me differently growing up um, to the point where my little brother, he's six years younger than me, didn't know he was Asian, quote unquote, until he was like in middle school when someone pointed it out. And he's like, what? I'm different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is so interesting. Right. So that mm-hmm. all the, all this time has contributed to me feeling like, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's cool. But now it's the awakening reality. Like it's not that way everywhere. 
Southern California is pretty rare or like it's not normal. And it's starting to show up here too, like discrimination and racism. Man, I don't even process that kind of stuff that much, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. particularly because like, who am I, you know, I, I, who am I going to process that with around me when I, I'm the only one that looks like me, you know? Yeah. 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 But so, but then when it, like, when it comes up, I, you know, that, that like angst or like that, that feeling of like, should we be like talking about this mm-hmm. type of stuff? Yeah. That's, that's, it's a lot. So how, how's your, how's your congregation like responding to this time? Like, are they staying engaged? Are they like, is it harder for them? Like is especially, or even like the difference between the congregations, cause you're still doing both digitally. You're just doing them, recording them or presenting them differently. Um, but how are, how are people, people responding to that? Yeah. Um, We've been we've been doing doing our best to stay connected in this time. So actually, our social media team uh, has been going above and beyond to, to stay connected to everyone. And people are, are sending messages, going like, "I appreciate this." You know, it's cool to feel like there's some normalcy. Um, mm-hmm. Our English congregation, in particular, I can speak to because I'm in the live chat that we have. We we mostly send everyone over to the YouTube feed, even though we're simul simul premiering to Facebook as well. Um, and mm-hmm. people are engaging in the live chat pretty well. And then we have our small groups are still meeting over zoom. So everyone's still making an effort. And in some cases I've heard that some folks are actually feeling more connected now than before, probably mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're all sharing the same crisis and we're all in the same on in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And so it's been interesting to see that, in some ways, small groups now are better than they were when we met in person. But there's also wow. there's also the reality of like you can't replace that personal connection. So yeah. I I hope that in this time these like connections that we build will really carry over into the next phase whenever we all come back. Maybe in three years, it seems we'll be back or something. But um but no, and and I've heard from the Chinese staff, like they're doing so well. Their numbers are crazy um, because mm. there aren't many like immigrant Chinese churches that are doing a live stream like ours, actually. Mm. That's, I think it's a technological thing. Maybe it's an availability thing. And so um, they've been, they've been rocking some crazy numbers. I was like, I they were saying this past Sunday's, for us, this is big. Okay. This past Sunday, yeah. it, the numbers were up to 800 or so views. Wow. And I was like, I've never That's seen awesome. that many yeah. people in, in our room. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's because there's, there's people internationally who kind of are looking for a place to go because they can't, sure. they, their churches don't necessarily have something available. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really cool to see they've been thriving uh, and they're still all meeting on zooms. Um, I actually live with, um, live in the same house as my senior pastor slash he's also my father-in-law. Um, (laughs) but he's on zoom calls all the time, engaging with people. And I think everyone's just really appreciating that he's loving being able to 
meet with more small groups than he could as a physical human being who has to drive places. So sure. So especially in Southern been, California, it's been really interesting. We've we've pivoted fairly well to online, and um, the the Chinese staff, I, like kudos to them for really working hard to adapt to the technology needed to to make this work. It's been really cool to see how unified our staff has become over this. And, um, and so I, I would say we're doing well. I think there's always that element of, man, I just miss talking to people in person and I miss the awkward Christian side hugs, you know, and like the, <laughs> the, the, the crazy lady who kind of like, comes in and asks for outrageous things like, you know, (laughs) I miss all of it. And I think, (laughs) I think there's a lot of people who do too, you know? Um, And I miss, I miss the coffee shop we get to like hang around at. I miss all of it. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of folks do like, I have a friend who has to be out more. So he, you know, he's safely out and about. And the other day he just drove to church and sat at the bench outside and just ate lunch there, you know, and I'm like, Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I, I, sorry, I was rambling a little bit, but I think we're doing okay. We're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool to hear that. You're like your Chinese congregation is, is thriving in that. I've been super curious about congregations like that or like Lavinia's that, that are doing online because I think they're, I mean, in all honesty, like there's a, there's an abundance of, you know, American services out there. Like there, you know, you can, especially now that we're all watching from home, like I could tune into Vineyard Anaheim or Bethel or whatever I wanted to, but there's not as many options for, you know, any kind of multicultural service, like a Spanish speaking one or a Chinese congregation or anything like that. Right. And so that's cool to hear that you guys have been growing in that. I mean, I think that's a, that's a good service to offer. Yeah, man. And out of curiosity, what language do you guys speak? Yeah, so in that the the Chinese services are Mandarin, which um, is okay. like the uh, the dialect everyone speaks. Um, I don't speak any of it. My parents uh, speak this dialect that like four people in the whole world speak, so I, <laughs> it's of no use to me. <laughs> um, but it's 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 common amongst um, the Chinese folks who made their way to the Philippines during whatever war caused them to flee. Um, so, so there's that, but, um, but yeah, it's mostly, it's, it's Mandarin. Uh, we have a church plant that is Cant Cantonese, if I'm not mistaken for the Hong Kong slash Cantonese folks. And then, and then mm-hmm. ours is obviously in English, um, the English congregation. <laughs> yeah. You, you sing in Mandarin though. I do. Do I? Well, I mean, that one time that we, that when oh. I first met you, we filmed that, uh, that video for Multiply Vineyard. You made me, you made me lose my headphones, bro. <laughs> I, for those who can't see this, I, I, I threw my head back out in joy at the memories. <laughs> yeah. So dude, with, with all the craziness and like having to like take on a lot more as a lot of people are in ministry right now, like how has your soul been mm. like d- during all of this? Like how have you been doing? Yeah, well, um, as an introvert, the first two weeks were great. 
Um, but since then it's just been really hard because yeah, I, I, I like, I like socializing. I like seeing people. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I kind of hit a, a wall personally where I woke up and was just like, Oh my gosh, there's no end to this. Like they just extended the stay at home orders to the end of May. Like my gosh, you know, what's going to happen after that? And also there's no baseball. Mm. So it, it's even more depressing. Dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. So yeah, I was so excited. Spring training was in full swing and then it was all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but really my soul, I, I could tell was in need of some correction and some like refocusing. And so I just asked the Lord for help. And, um, I also have been reading some books, uh, in this time. One I just finished that I can't stop raving about is the ruthless elimination of hurry by John Mark Comer. Um, he really, he's, he's one of John Ortberg's, uh, mentees, but his book just came out and really it's, it's re- radically reshaped how I approach my time. So I've been trying to wake up earlier so that I can start the day slow and pray on his suggestion and just really pray and start the morning with gratitude. So I just sit at the couch and say, thank you, God, that I'm awake. Thank you for the sun that's rising out there. And thank you also for the problems because because that means I have a job that allows me to solve those problems, you know, like, mm-hmm. like maybe someone didn't turn in their video yet and it's Friday night and I'm freaking out <laughs> or, or maybe someone said, Oh, we got to re-record this. Like, it's not going to work. You just got to re-record it. It's like, but service is tomorrow, yeah. you know? And so processing that kind of stuff has been good because Otherwise I'll just kind of stuff it and work and just put my head down. It's kind of like us creative types or like freelance types always have, we kind of tend to bury ourselves in the work. If we, instead of kind of sitting and going like, okay, well I'm freaking out and I'm so frustrated right now, but what does that mean? Like, how can I, how can I still honor you Lord in the midst of all of this? Like without like, uttering curse words, you know, like, how can I do this? And, and the Lord's been taking me on a journey of like, well, you know, he's basically saying, just be with me and it'll work Mm -hmm. out. And I found that that's really been super refreshing and, and honestly a, a, a gift of this time, because before this, we were all probably so busy still. I mean, going a hundred miles per hour with whatever we had to do to create a production for Sunday morning. Um, and while we're still busy now, we do have more time to, to settle down and, and really just get with the Lord and go like, what, what is it you're, you're saying in this time? What, what do I need to learn right now? You know? Um, and so I've, I've tried to really lean into the gift of this season and just be like, all right, God, like I'm ready to hear what it is. And sometimes I just overthink still and crowd out whatever he's trying to say, which is very human nature, but um, there's more opportunity to grow in that way. Thanks Mm. for asking. Appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like there's like a sense of stillness that some of us need to embrace a little bit more. Like, and 
I'm super guilty mm-hmm. of it myself. Cause even like we were talking in a staff meeting, there's a, there's the initial like adrenaline of trying to figure out how to shift everything and doing that. And now that we're kind of here, that's kind of settling down a little bit. And I've noticed like, not necessarily me, but my wife pointed out that there's some things that I'm doing just to stay busy rather than this actually Mm. needs to get done. And so I think it's interesting to hear that other people are, are dealing with that too. And even just struggle finding stillness and just, stopping for a minute and just allowing space for God to, to speak in those moments and just like, I don't always have to be doing something. That's, that's really hard. (laughs) Dude, it is. Yeah, it is. I'm just, I'm just glad to know I'm not the only one that has a hard time with it. (laughs) Yeah, man. It just talking this out right now is very encouraging too. Because knowing that, you know, there's, there's others out there and I mean, Thank you for the other podcast episodes you guys have been doing. It's been cool to just hear like we're all in this right now and what an interesting mm-hmm. time. A lot of people, like a lot of other podcasts that I hear or listen to on a regular basis, they're like, yeah, we're enjoying, you know, like not doing a lot and having all the spare time and getting to hang out with the family. And that's why that's initially why I talked to Ryan. Cause I was like, dude, I don't know about you, but I don't have a ton of extra time now. Like this has almost made it worse. Like, yeah, yeah. like this yeah. is, I, I didn't either. And then, and then Mitchell invited me to start a podcast with him. I and now that. I really don't have any time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I already didn't have time. So I, I wanted to talk to somebody about not having time. So then we created less time for ourselves. <laughs> Well, there you go. Yeah. Good job, guys. <laughs> the, the struggles. No, man, of- it's it's been so it's been so life giving just to talk to other people and hear hear other people out. And like for me, like we're just documenting this crazy season, you know. Mm-hmm. And so 10, 20 years from now, going back, listening through, like, oh man, like during the the Corona days. Yeah. During the plague. Yeah. How nuts will it be? Like two years from now right we'll be like wow remember that like man that's crazy sorry the lawn the, the gardener just is rolling right past this door my bad (laughs) that's all right i was uh editing a podcast from one of our teaching pastors who does our devotions on a podcast and uh he had like a coffee grinder in the background or something like that i was like what is happening like what is what is going on back there because you hear him like talking like green pastures for this day blah 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 but you hear This is the reality of working from home, guys. Dude, it really is. Like there's yes. the the initial thought that I had was like, oh, I'll have them re-record that. But I'm like, dude, who ha- we don't have time for that. <laughs> and yeah, you know, dude, COVID land is is uh, a little more forgiving. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, you know, yeah. you can have crappy audio and it's and it's still okay. Oh yeah. I was gonna ask, like, uh, has has there been a push towards like because now you can, hey, get it even more right? Or is it like mm-hmm. more forgiving? Like kind of what you said, has it been more forgiving? I feel like it's been more forgiving okay. uh, because 
even though we're like, you know, what, six weeks into this or seven weeks or whatever, I think people are still trying new things. And it also, I think it, a lot of times it depends on where, like who's doing it or where you're doing it from. Cause there's like people like us that have, you know, pro mics and we're doing this and we can record it like that. But then there's people who just have an iPhone and you know, whatever. And I think that works too. I mean, we've, we've been doing like a video series at our church where our pastors just share a three to five minute thing. And it's just them using the iPhone. They just upload it to an iCloud shared folder and I do a little bit of work on it, but like, it's, you know, it's not the best audio, but it's discernible. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really forgiving with everybody except for myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's been really hard for me uh, just because I really care about, you know, what we're putting out there. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I can be a perfectionist. And so, but it's been really great. The staff and um, like over and over again, just keep telling me like, look, we'd rather like, we don't want to lose Ryan in all of this and have you like hate what you're doing mm -hmm. at the end of this. We want you to like continue to thrive. So, so like we're, we've, we, this last Sunday was week seven of doing what we've been doing. And so with our stay at home order lifting in a week where we're talking about other creative ways to, to keep doing what we're doing that has, that's more sustainable for, for my, for myself. And that way I'm not like, overdoing it good mm -hmm. good how are you guys um are there is there a discussion of reopening like how's this going to change i'm supposed to after this record our covid19 update mm. um and like for us we have different phases um and with with churches our size like it honestly like our plan is that we don't have a plan <laughs> yeah for us to like to go in as a church, like after everything's over, like we would have to still do social distancing within the church building, like give, give masks, you know, children's ministry will be a nightmare, you know, cause like mm -hmm. you can't social distance kids. It's so hard. Um, so really right now we're, we're just reassessing every two weeks what the state's doing to see how we can adjust as a congregation and in our senior pastor's heart is that we, we don't want to come back until we all can come back together. Mm. And so honestly, we don't know the actual timeline to that. Um, but, but we know that um, we're, we're doing everything that we can to be wise about the situation, you know, and to be for us, like, loving our community well right now is to like do things in the safest way possible. And I know like people like just want to know, like, when are we coming back together? Yeah. And, and honestly, we just, we don't know that date, but we, but we do know that, um, that we don't, that we don't you know. know. We're just, we're just trying to figure it out <laughs> as we go. Yeah. Our dude, ours has been super interesting because our pastors are part of a, um, a group of pastors in, in the, in the whole Valley here, um, that they should, they all shared their, um, a lot of the plans for reopening. And so, um, some people have them like super detailed. Like I, I loved one that I read that was like, 
uh, phase one happening no sooner than this date. And here's all the things like it listed. This is open. This is not, this is, you know, this can happen. This can't, um, personally, I love that because if we don't, if we don't share the details, we're going to get a million questions. And I, I think as a church, part of it is we need to be like super clear on our communication. I think that's key in this time because, um, especially in our situation where like all they heard was houses of worship can open, which I feel number one, it's a political move because your government isn't saying that you can't have church, but it also opens up for things like, uh, for Catholic churches around here, they can have confession and, and things like that. We're trying to be super clear with it and, and transparent about it and say that we are, we're following our state's rules as far as for businesses, um, especially being a, a larger church. If we were a smaller church, if we were like a hundred people, I think it'd be a totally different conversation. Um, but we have a large church that we have a lot of meetings in and we have a lot of people that come through it. And so we have to look at what that looks like, um, you know, in these different stages. And we've looked at what does it look like to have, um, people that don't, that are home alone right now. Um, like we've Mm -hmm. had a, we've had a, a few people that like, this has been really hard because the church is their family. Like they're not they're not locked down at home with their wife and kids or with their family or whatever. They're home by themselves. And so being separated from the church family has been super hard for them. And so when we can't have up to 50 people, like do we make space for them to come back and, and um, you know, at least with social distancing and all the rules and everything, do we make space for them to come back and kind of start that process again? Or, you know, that's just an idea that we've looked at We we don't know how to do it, but that's, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really cool that you guys are doing things in steps. Uh, we we're starting our conversations of because we've been in a stay at home order and we've been filming worship and the teaching um, in our homes. Um, Mitchell, we're actually going to your guys's model where small team coming together to do worship and the mm. teaching, probably hopefully on a Thursday where we still have time to like, edit anything if we need to, but yeah. it's still pre-recorded, but gives me less, less time doing post-production when I can just like live stream it and and record it mm-hmm. as a live service. Yeah. Um, and also, but also gives like me and my team more creativity in production where I can have a couple different cameras and, and be a little bit more intentional on the creative side versus putting all my efforts onto post-production, trying to have like this clear, effective, <laughs> like sermon yeah weekend service edited this pandemic kind of like brought our pastoral staff a little bit closer Mm. because we we do a zoom call every sunday morning as we're live streaming just to be just to be hanging out and and seeing how we're talking to people and now we're all surly because like every seven weeks in and we're all making fun of each other and using <laughs> each other's like backgrounds for <laughs> Zoom calls. But it's been really fun, like just to connect in this way. And so, Joe, I took your idea of a Zoom lobby at the beginning of a service. In a, in a previous podcast, I I talked about like how, oh, man, these uh, this church is doing a Zoom meet and greet at the beginning of their service. And to find out uh, that was not it. <laughs> Like I, I, I put, I gave Job the idea of a Zoom, <laughs> but hey, Job, it worked out. We did it this past dude, weekend. Dude, right on. It, it was um, good. Dude, it was good. Like, 
we weren't sure what it was going to look like, how many people we had probably around 20 in the, in the first one, Yeah, which is like, honestly, like for, for something that's just like, we just did. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. Cause we had some people that have been going to the church for years, like meet new people that's awesome. mm-hmm. yeah. that they've never seen before. And so we were, we initially had it as a once a month thing because we're like, hey, if this doesn't work, like we're just not going to do it every sure. single week. Right. But it was really cool. The feedback of our staff, they like want to do it every Sunday if we can. The first 30 minutes before each service, if you want to pop in and say hi, um, gives people FaceTime and just to, just to see each other. It was really cool. Awesome. So yeah, thanks, Job. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's <laughs> like, hey, hey, I, you know, I love that idea of a Zoom lobby you guys are doing. And I was like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> but, like, that uh, is a great idea. It is a great idea. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> no, we are, we called it. I think what was confusing was we on our social media and stuff, we called it a virtual meet and greet. And I think that sounds like a zoom lobby, you know, but mm. what all it is, is the live chat, um, function during YouTube premieres. So, mm. <laughs> I mean, it's, Hey. I mean, which is still really cool that you guys are doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So our pastors get on there and go like, what's up everyone. And then everyone's like, Hey, and then as vineyard of harvest, I'll, I'll ask a question of everyone like, Hey, so what, what's your favorite quarantine snack in this time? Or, you know, just to yeah. get everyone talking and yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, but it's good to see people are just going like, Hey church, good morning. You know, and it feels mm-hmm. a little like, Hey, you know, like you walk in and you're like, I know you, you know, yeah, do the, yeah, yeah, the Casey cool. Corum point. I, I see him walk by a lot and he goes like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yes. right. So <laughs> Dude, we did, he actually popped in on our service on Sunday. Oh, he, no way. He popped in and yeah. And so it was kind of cool. Like I'm still kind of monitoring a few of our platforms, even though I'm like mixing it. But then I saw Casey pop and it's kind of the same thing. I was like, oh, hey, Casey, what's up? Dude? Yeah. And we had a few people, especially because he's from Boise. So we know. Right. Yeah. Like we have people still on staff that were on staff when Casey was here. And so we had a few people that were like, hey, Casey, what's up, man? And so it was I think that's kind of the beauty is like people can pop in from wherever, yeah. you know. Ryan popped into uh Yeah. He he is like, "Hey, I hey guys, he he hops on the the live chats like, "I'm I'm tuning in from Kansas City." And I was like, "Ryan, dude." <laughs> yeah. And James yeah. Moscardini also tuned in once or twice. He's like, "Hello from Phoenix." And I'm like, "Dude, James, yeah. what?" <laughs> you know, like it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's re- it's really cool, especially when like, so I popped into the Good Friday service and just the fact that like Job got to like, was leading worship while I was in the, like in the room. Like, I was just like, man, I feel so connected, mm-hmm. especially on, on Good Friday. It was, it was really cool. Aww. You know, what's really, what's really cool is we've been, we've been seeing a lot of people that have left our church, find our services on Facebook. Sure. Um, and, and just are popping in and it's, it's just really cool to see like them attending again, mm-hmm. um, and checking things out. So that's been cool. I was just listening to you guys. It's talking about reopening and it made me really sad because California is not close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, oh, we're, we're like, so we're sorry. like months away still, I think at this point. Yeah. Like, um, they were yeah, talking it- about. Well, Governor Newsom was talking about phases. And so phase two is about to start, which is restaurants with social distancing and 
whatnot. Mm-hmm. And churches yeah. are in phase three, which is like, yep. if the restaurants, it's like restaurants, if you screw this up, <laughs> we will yeah. not. Yeah. You know? No. So. Yeah. Job, it, it may sound like we're, we're really close, but but we're okay. not. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're that, that's actually in, that's actually in my talking points. Like we know a lot of organizations are putting out their guidelines and plans. However, restaurants and retail stores are facing different complexities than us as a right. church. And mm-hmm. so therefore we can't just roll out uh, a one, two, three plan. Yeah. yeah. As of right it's, now. It's also not like so, open the floodgates too. like, you can't just, you know, everybody go back to normal. Like we were even talking about this as a staff is like, I don't think we're going back to normal. Like we're going to be encountering a new kind of normal in this situation. And mm-hmm. our pastor said it, I, th- I think he phrased it really well when he said like going back to normal is people's comfort zones. And all of this has thrown everybody out of their comfort zone. And so they're trying to go back to like what was comfortable and going back to, yeah, going back to that normal. Yeah. And it's just such, I don't think we're going back. I think we're going to have to find some kind of new normal and, when the the f- stages of reopening first started happening for us, it was like at the beginning of May. And so the, that week leading up to it, we had a lot of people already asking like, are we going to have church this Sunday? Are we going to have church this Sunday? And, and uh, we've been doing this video updates and our pastor was saying, you know, I know there's stages of, of reopening. There's stuff that's happening, but if you guys are holding your breath for Sunday service, don't hold your breath. This is not going to be happening for a while. We're going to be following for us, it's probably not happening for another like four to six weeks at least. And that all depends on how our, uh, how our, you know, stages go. And, you know, if, if we screw one stage up and stuff, you know, and something starts, you know, rates start climbing again, then, you know, it's going to take longer. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't want to say that just in case anyone from my church was listening, but yeah, (laughs) we're we're probably, I mean, I get it. I, I mean, for me, like it was actually interesting because in our staff meeting yesterday, we had such a mix of, I really want to go back to in-person. I really want this. And then there's some people that have, that have loved this time. They're like, I get to sit down on the couch. I'm not working on Sunday morning. I get to sit down with my husband and watch this and it's awesome. And so it's, it's just so interesting to see the different perspectives and how, like I completely, I realize that this, this phase has been so different for me versus like Melissa or, you know, anybody with kids, you know, it's, or, you know, or trying to work at home when you don't have that space and you're trying to homeschool your kids at the same time. And, you know, it's, everybody's experiencing it differently. And so even in talking about reopening and talking about, there's some people are like, yes, as soon as possible, let's go. And for Lindsay and me, we're just like, man, I have loved being home. Like we're not doing anything. Like usually we had like five out of seven nights booked up with something and now we haven't. And it's been really nice to just be home and be with each other. But I also realize that's not everybody else's experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I read a quote a couple of weeks ago of like, you know, a lot of us say that we're all in the same boat in this situation, but when we look at it as we're, we're all in the same storm, Mm -hmm. this crazy storm, but you know, different boats and different situations for, for everybody. Some people as on the front lines, essential workers to those that like aren't able to work. Um, and then yeah, adding in that kid factor, man, I, 
thank God I'm not right there. Yeah, it's a whole nother beast. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Like my friends with kids are like, oh my gosh, like I can't even do work without my son climbing all over my desk. And like, mm-hmm. it's, it's very interesting, but we're all, we're, I almost said we're almost there, but I don't, I don't know that we are. I feel like there's at least uh, a hope of something on their horizon. I, you know, I think, I don't think there's any definitive answers for anything. And the, and the interesting thing is it's so different from state to state, depending on where you you're at. And I'm sure for people, even here in Idaho, like there's not many big cities, a lot of it's just rural stuff. So as a statewide thing, you know, stuff that's happening may not seem so dire to the people who are out in the middle of nowhere on their farm. You know, they're like, well, why do I have to stay at home? Right. You know, it doesn't make sense. And so I think there is hope. There's just, you know, a lot of flexibility and fluidity as, as we move towards that. There's, you know, it's, it's kind of, cause you know, it's not something we've walked through before. It's let's try this. Let's see if this works. And if, if it does, then we can move. It's a great way to put it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just like, let's take step one. If step one works, take step two, you know, it's just literally one foot at a time trying to figure out what we can do you know, and serving our church the best that we can in this, in this way. And it's really cool to hear you talking about that Job, and how, you, how even just you had two culturally different churches and, you know, learning how to serve those the best that you can and figuring out what's going to work best for, for each one. And it's cool. It's, it's cool to hear different yeah. stories, you know, about how people are encountering this. Yeah, absolutely. And Job, thank you so much for, for sharing your heart in finding finding time and and having rhythms of, of, you know, a path of peace and a pace of grace during all of this, right. Where you've, you found this, this reshaping of being still and, you know, eliminating ruthlessly eliminating hurry. Come on. So I appreciate that. And, and for sharing that because it's hard. Yeah. 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 It's hard. I mean, I, I feel, I feel hurried a lot too. So, well, thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. It's, I feel very heard and seen. Thanks. For sure.